Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here with the Almost Daily Podcast. New Year, No Fear. That's been the theme. New Year, No Fear. And this is the hot talk that I was known for all those years I was on radio in San Francisco. I like it hot. Can I tell you something? Just about everything I like hot. Not lukewarm, hot. I like my coffee, hot. I like my espresso, hot. There is nothing worse than lukewarm espresso. I like my espresso hot. I like my cars hot. A well-tuned engine. Manual transmission. I like it hot. I had lasagna last night for dinner. Can you imagine lukewarm lasagna? No way. I'll take maybe, maybe cold lasagna for breakfast. But when we're talking dinner, I want it hot. How about my love for God? My love for the Savior? I want it hot, just as he wants for us. Revelation 3.16, he talks about lukewarm love. No way. The Lord wants it hot. And I love my wife because she is hot and has been ever since I first laid eyes on her when we were just 18. You know what I mean? And the way she looked was way beyond compare. Now, what are we talking about in this podcast? We left off yesterday, the subject I wanted to get into is propaganda. And by the way, this is episode 97, episode 97. I wanted to talk about propaganda yesterday. So let's dive into that right now because, friends, we're seeing seeing a propaganda war being displayed like never before. Uh, I don't know where you might be on the vaccines. I don't know where you might be on the masks. I can't see you. I can't speak to you one-on-one. But there is a propaganda war taking place to convince this world that they need to be vaxxed up and masked up. Now, the propagandist back in the day used to be known as a public relations expert. Public relations and propaganda were synonymous the propagandist in, in peacetime or wartime, in COVID time or non-COVID time, uses tools to mobilize opinions and attitudes. So a couple of those tools would be suggestion and stimulation. The propagandist tries to stimulate other people to accept without challenge their own assertions. The propagandist uses stimulation to make people act the way he or she wants them to. So they really like a crisis. Right now we have a crisis. It's the COVID-19 crisis. And so you get propagandists rubbing their hands together saying, ah, this is our opportunity. What is the opportunity? Well, to, to reset government, to reset the economy, to do all the things we have planned deep down in our evil hearts We can use this crisis to move forward with that particular plan. Where do I get this from? Okay, well, let me go to an article that I was talking about just yesterday. The world economic, well, I think I wanted to talk about this yesterday. I never got to it. It's the Great Reset. Some of you have heard of this before. Now, some listening might say, oh, gosh, what a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Here they go again. You can read about this for yourself at the World Economic Forum, weforum.org. 
I'm reading on their website right now, there is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID-19 crisis to improve the state of the world. The World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset Initiative. The Great Reset Initiative by the World Economic Forum has been something they've been talking about for, I might be able to say decades, but now they have a crisis. There's an opportunity to stimulate society globally because they have the crisis that they think is capable of changing society. Now, who was the World Economic Forum? These are, these are the elites of the world. These are the wealthiest and most influential people in the world coming together. These are atheists. These are people like Karl Marx who looks at all the little people and says, you know, left to their own devices, they will kill one another and destroy the planet. Therefore, we need to get them under control. That's, that's what they believe. Now, I'm reading here, again, at the World Economic Forum website. The COVID-19 crisis and the political, economic, and social disruptions it has caused is fundamentally changing the traditional context for decision-making. The inconsistencies, inadequacies, and contradictions of multiple systems, from health and financial to energy and education, and I might add, the political systems that are quite varied throughout the world, are more exposed than ever amidst a global context of concern for lives, livelihoods, and the planet. So that's the context. Then, under a category that says the opportunity, as we enter a unique window of opportunity to shape the recovery, this initiative will offer insights to help inform all those determining the future state of global relations the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, and the nature of business models and the management of global commons. Now, a lot of that stuff is gobbledygook rhetoric. But the bottom line is, these very, very wealthy individuals who are not elected leaders in, most, in perhaps most cases, they're very influential, influential people. They see this as an opportunity to do something huge. So what do they do? They take advantage of propaganda. Propaganda. So I talked about stimulation. How about suggestion? It's a highly developed art in commercial advertising. <laughs> and all you have to do is look at some of the great slogans of all time the great slogans of all time. Advertisers are the best at this. They try to make you feel good about something. Feel good about something as, as, simple, as, as simple as a hamburger. McDonald's says, I'm loving it. You know, all these fanciful pictures of people eating these wonderful looking hamburgers. I'm loving it. This is what the propagandist does. They, they stimulate a feeling deep down inside of you through their sloganism. Let me give you another one. These guys are advertising a lot on television these days. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They're selling insurance. Insurance, people say the oldest occupation on the planet is prostitution. It might be, but I can tell you something. Uh, it's, 
it's probably number one, if that's the case, and number two is insurance. As long as there have been people doing commercial business on this planet, trust me, there has been insurance, and there's actually archaeological proof from Babylon to back that one up. But where am I going with this? Well, let's just continue looking at some of these slogans. Because the sloganism, we're all aware of these slogans, and they're designed, craftily designed to get you to do something by the product. Okay, how about this one? Nike, just do it. Just do whatever, whatever is in your heart, just do it with Nike. Okay, we have BMW, designed for driving pleasure. BMW is going to cost you a lot of money, but can I tell you something? You will never have driving pleasure like you have when you're behind the wheel of a BMW. New York Times. New York Times has a slogan they've been using, gosh, for well over 100 years. All the news that's fit to print. You want the news? The good, the bad, and the ugly? We've got it at the New York Times. Well, we even do this with the military, the Marine Corps, the few, the proud, the Marines. So when you want a brand slogan, you want to make sure they are memorable and they bring your brand to life. That is, my friends, absolutely propaganda. Now let's look at some of the anti-COVID-19 propaganda. And then we're going to bring it back to faith because this is all about faith, family, freedom. That's, that's my tagline. I thought long and hard about my, my slogan for this podcast faith, family, freedom, something I used to use on the radio because it speaks to three things that are near and dear to my heart and I'm hoping will register with an audience or a potential audience. But let's go to the COVID-19 propaganda. Here we have one that says, you could still be infected with COVID-19 even though you're feeling fine. Feeling fine? You could still be infected with COVID-19. See, the whole idea is scary. You never know. It might, be, it might be lurking within your body even though you feel fine. Doctors can't contain COVID-19 if you aren't limiting infection. So what can you do to limit infection? Well, you got to mask up. You got to social distance. You got to lock down. And first and foremost, you've got to get vaccinated and get all your boosters. We can't contain COVID-19 if you aren't limiting, limiting infection. Here's another one. I'm just scrolling through the internet, looking at various posters, slogans, etc. Fight the pandemic. Make a mask today. Mm, make a mask. Keep a safe distance. Anyone could be carrying COVID-19. It's, it's no wonder my wife and I were speaking to a friend yesterday who's just, who's literally paranoid about COVID-19. Absolutely, absolutely scared stiff regarding COVID-19. Well, I'm thinking, where are they, where are they getting their news? How much news are they consuming? And it seems as if they're looking under every, every rock to find more news about COVID-19 that fits their paradigm of being frightened. This is not what the Lord would have for us. Again, New Year, no fear. God does not give us a spirit of fear, the Bible says. He does not give us a spirit of fear. He gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Where is this spirit of fear coming from? It's coming from propagandists who have a plan. 
Now, let's go back to the World Economic Forum because they clearly have a plan as well. That is a one-world government, a one-world, one-size-fits-all government. And there are probably a lot of people on this planet who more than ever say, that's a pretty damn good idea. Well, this, this was tried once before, and it's described in the book of Genesis chapter 11. It's the Tower of Babel. Now, after the flood, God commanded humanity to increase in number, that's what the Bible says, and fill the earth. That's Genesis 9.1. But humanity did the exact opposite. Humanity said, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. That's Genesis 11, chapter 4. So humanity decides to build a great city and congregate there. Listen, there, there are so many people they, they look at a city and go, wow, look at this city. I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I was, I was flying over the San Francisco Bay Area just a couple weeks ago. And our landing approach into the San Jose airport, uh, we, we passed over Oakland. Eh, you know, decent, decent city, decent looking city, just in terms of the, the buildings and and then, and the infrastructure, and then we pass over San Francisco. What a beautiful city. I mean, just in terms of the infrastructure and the, the buildings and its location on the end of this peninsula, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And then we went to San Jose, and I see lots of, lots of houses and lots of manufacturing plants and lots of roadways and lots of traffic. And then the little downtown of San Jose is kind of a blip. Just, it's not impressive at all. And I'm thinking, wow, this is the heart of the Silicon Valley. And from an infrastructure standpoint, in terms of tall buildings and great buildings, it's kind of a dump. But see what was happening with me as we're tracking across the Bay Area to land in San Jose? I'm caught up with the infrastructure. Wow, the things we have built. Now, honestly, you take me out into nature, fly me over, fly me over, well, as I was doing on that particular trip, I flew over the Rockies. I'm looking down at these mountains going, oh my gosh, look what God has made. They were flying over the, the, the ocean. In, uh, after, after we flew over Oakland and San Francisco, now we're flying briefly into the ocean, then we hit the coastal range and then come on down into San Jose. That coastal range is beautiful. Hardly any people there. So I know my priorities, and I know what I really deep down inside love. I love the handiwork of God. But what was going on at the Tower of Babel? Well, the, the deal was that people were speaking the same language, and they were able to easily rally together and rally around a cause and probably believe the propaganda of the day to say, there is no God. We are our own gods. Let's build a tower. But again, going back to the Tower of Babel, it's as if the Lord was saying, you guys have gone a bridge too far, okay? You're not your own gods. I'm going to confuse you by causing you to speak other languages. And people started to branch out accordingly. So there is a biblical... You, you can see from the Bible going back a long time that the whole idea of a one-world government, which was essentially what was happening in Babel, does not align well with the principles of God. So where do we go next from all of this? Well, 
I can tell you that in terms of propaganda and the people that want the one world government, these people are, as I mentioned earlier, absolutely anti-Christian, absolutely anti-God. Take, take a look at this. Christians are the only group Hollywood can offend with impunity. They can't offend the Muslims like this. They, they, they are fundamentalist preachers in, in films, movies, TV shows, are oftentimes represented as hypocrites, hucksters. The tenets of Christianity are regularly held up to ridicule. When you think about it, Christianity is really the only creed that enjoys no protection whatever from ridicule and denigration by the secular media. None whatsoever. And it's dangerous to allow certain groups to be exposed to ridicule and mockery while exempting favored groups because what they're doing is building bitterness. They're building anger. They're building resentment in those groups that are not exempted. In this particular case, Christianity. Resentment, anger, bitterness. The people who control and manipulate television programming, media programming at large, are for the most part not only atheists, but anti-theists. Listen, I've, I've worked in that professional realm my entire life. I worked in the world of TV my for, for 20 years. And elements of social change, the social change that, that these people desire, the social change that these people desire is, has to be completely clipped off, cut off, separated from a Christian worldview. So let me back off at this point and just get down to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is the inescapable condition of sin infects every single human being and has scarred every aspect of this planet in some way, shape, or form. And, and that's why we cry out deep down within our hearts. We cry out for divine intervention. Even the atheist, even the anti-theist, you know, deep down in their heart, they know. And perhaps that's why they're so vehemently against Christianity and God, because they know. And yet at the same time, they want to follow their way. The only solution to this problem was a savior. The only suitable savior with the wisdom, power, and righteousness to accomplish the task would be God himself. God himself. See, this is, Jesus is the way, truth, and life. And I love this passage from, in fact, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to go to BibleGateway.com. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read this to you in the New American Standard Bible, which for study purposes I think is really great. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us. Friends, these are the last days. These are the last days. When Jesus died, rose from the dead, and went to, to reside at the light, right hand of the Father and gave us his spirit, these are the last days. So, again, God has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. 
Jesus, the Son of God, is the heir of everything. Listen to this. Jesus, God's Son, through whom he also made the world. I'm going to read this in context so you get this. This is so powerful. You've got to just, please, please hang on just for a moment. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets, in many portions and many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. So Jesus is the creator. God the Father used Jesus to create the world. This is a great mystery, but we're getting a revelation here in the first chapter of the book of Hebrews in the, in the New Testament. Verse 3, and he is the radiance of his glory. In other words, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. In other words, I see the sun in the sky, but really I don't see the sun in the sky. I'm seeing the rays coming from the sun. I can't see the disk itself burning and bubbling and boiling and exploding and all the things that are going on on the surface of the sun, but I see the radiance of that burning and bubbling and boiling and all those explosions. I see the radiance. Jesus is the radiance of the Father's glory and the exact representation of his nature. And, and we continue in verse three, and Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. That's who, that's who Jesus is. Jesus is, is all that and, and he's available to you. He's available to be your savior. I am the way, truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John 14, 6. He is humanity's one and only hope. He is the way to God. He is the truth from God. He is the life from God. Are you scared about COVID? Are you scared about the situation in this world today? Are you frightened by the propaganda? It's very real. Are you concerned? Are you worried? Folks, hand those worries over to him because he's large and in charge. And he wants to hold you in the palm of his hand and let you know, Sister, brother, it's going to be okay. And that's our podcast for today. Thanks for joining me, my friends. If you like what you heard, please give it a share, give it a like, uh, give it a subscribe. I know a lot of people are listening on various platforms. Uh, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. So I really appreciate your participation. More on me at briansussman.com. God bless you, my friend. And may God have mercy on the United States of America. See you next time.